Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. In a week of yet more bipolar performances from Rangers, it's easy to think that all Desmonds are the same. However, that could not be any further from the truth. I am your host, Scott Carney, and joining me is everyone. Ali Pearson, how are you? I was going to say I'm looking forward to having Rangers back in the telly tomorrow night, but I don't know if I'm, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into it. Scotia, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing well considering um, what Rangers are putting me through at the moment. Yes, I think we're all pretty much the same. And Ryan Haymarsh, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. My favourite time of the day is actually being at work at the moment because it takes my mind <laughs> off other things. But um, all I want to say tonight is um, I hope none of, us, none of us fall out because obviously I think we're going to have different opinions tonight, which is... What makes these podcasts and makes these Rangers fans so I'm in a strange way looking forward to this tonight. Well, in a way, it'll stop people just accusing me and Ali of always agreeing with each other anyway. So, there, yeah, there's a few contentious points to talk about tonight and it might not be the most beautiful of lessons tonight, but we won't hide away from a lot of the things that we need to speak about tonight. That is for sure. Before we get into the, um, before we get into all that even, uh, just a few shout-outs as always. Tommy, again, cheers again for uh, buying us a coffee. Really, really superb, Tommy. Thanks very much, mate. We've also launched uh, a Club at 22 coffee, bu- coffee Buying Legend membership, and that is on the buy, the buy, the buy a coffee for us on their website. Um, some people have been asking how they could contribute more. Um, you can do it that way. You can sign up monthly. You can sign up annually. Completely up to you. Uh, you can become a Club at 22 supporter by joining the channel from the 99p. We will be doing our first ever exclusive live show for our supporters, so join now to make sure you don't miss out. If you're a Club at 22 supporter, at the end of the season, you could be in with winning a um, and with a chance of winning a gift card for the Rangers store. And as always, if you enjoy the pods, please do like the video, subscribe to our channel. Two wee clicks cost nothing for you, but it makes a massive difference to this podcast. And finally, before we do, um, the winner of the raffle was John Lammy. So uh, I did the draw earlier on today. The video's up on YouTube. It's on all our social sites as well. Um, John, congratulations. John's already been in touch with me. He knows that he's won. Uh, so well done, John. And I'll get that sorted and get it down to you, mate. But well done and thank you for everybody for getting involved. We raised £114 in total just through the raffle. Ali's going to match that, so it'll be £214 going to the Rangers Charity Foundation. Ali is some man. I really do have we have to appreciate that. No, in all seriousness, the podcast is donating that a uh, hundred pounds, so it'll be two hundred and fourteen. I'm in contact with the Rangers Charity Foundation just now. I'm just saying this to keep it above board. I'm in contact with them just now to see the best way to transfer the money and etc. to them, whether they want me to do it to the site or what's best. Uh, as soon as that's getting done, as soon as I'm doing that, it will be clear for everybody to see, just so you all know. But thank you again, everybody. Oh, right, gentlemen, we have to start with the poor 2-2 two, two draw at Ibrooks on Sunday. Rangers somehow managed to draw two each for Motherwell um, after putting in one of the most dominant displays in the first half that you could ever wish to see. I, I brought a vlog two years on Sunday, which came back and slapped me in the face. Um, it was very much a tale of two halves, that video, as was the uh, as was the game, uh, I suppose. But um, the lads haven't had their chance to have their say on the game. I was probably a bit too polite, if I'm going to be completely honest, well, after I did the video. But I think it's always important to remember when we bring you videos straight after the game, it is literally straight after the game. So you're still trying to kind of digest what you've watched. And my God, is there a lot to digest? So... After the match, Gio and Tav were both, both asked about mentality. Um, 
to which they both responded. No one questioned the mentality on Thursday night. We'll come back to talk about different parts of the game uh, and individuals. But uh, Ryan, I'll come to you first, mate. Three wins since after the winter break in the league. Based on that stat, surely we have a right now to question the mentality or the league challenging mentality of this team? If you're not questioning the mentality now, when are you questioning it? If it's not mentality after you've beaten Borussia Dortmund, then what is it? Because it's not ability. Um, I am so glad that I sometimes, I sometimes have the fear a wee bit that it's just paranoia that some of the Rangers fan media are maybe a wee bit too close to the club and they won't criticise them or they won't ask the right questions. But I don't know who it was. I think it was either David Edgar or Martin Ramsey, but one of them I'll ask the question, do you think mentalities? They both, they both actually think, me, uh, one of them yeah. asked Gio and one of them asked Tav. Great. Well, I was so glad to hear that um, because I think that's a question and I think it's a question that all the players need to hear, that the mentality is being questioned of them because rightfully so, like I said, I thought it was a. I know, I know it's. I know they've got to give an answer. I appreciate that, but the answer for me was poor. Saying but the 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 mentality wasn't questioned against Dortmund. Nobody's talking about Borussia Dortmund. We're talking about this. I said a couple of pods ago. We look as if we're going to collapse. We are collapsing. We're collapsing. That's that's. There's no getting away from it. It's eleven points we've dropped since Christmas. In a short space of time, that is a crisis. There's no getting away from it. And um, the mentality is questioned because this squad have got previous and are going about attitude and are going about the mentality and applying yourself. And after that, look at some of the games, and this is the same squad of nine players in the same in these teams. 29th of December 2018, we beat Celtic 1-0 at home and Ryan Jack scored. We are looking cushy for the league. We come back and we get beat 2-1 for Kilmarnock and we... The, the league peters out and we get beat 2-0 from Aberdeen after playing them twice we end up taking to a replay in the Scottish Cup and we go out 2-0 to Aberdeen we then qualify, the following season we then qualify for the Europa League against Liga Warsaw flying big result big moment for Rangers European wise because we've not been there for a while we then get beat 2-0 for Celtic and peter away league cup, the League Cup final against Celtic will let slide 29th of December, a year later, in 2019, we go to Celtic Park and win 2-1. We bossed them. We absolutely bossed them and put a knife to their throats that day. We come back in January and lose 2-1 to Hearts away, 2-1 to Kilmarnock away and draw 2 each because St. Johnson the league goes away again. This is not a new thing with a squad, unfortunately. And winning a league, and I know people don't want to hear this, winning a league when it's closed door and you are opponents are imploding left, right and centre and we're getting banter every single day when we switch our phones on is one thing, but winning a league when they've got their act together is another and they need to address it now. It's hard to really to come up with a, an argument against that. I, I do always try and pick the try and pick the positives out of, of pretty sh- shambolic performances uh, and I, I really struggled and I've watched the game back for my sins and that second half is just, <coughs> uh, I really don't know what it is, but you have to question it now because this is every winter break for the past three years, as you've just said, mate. So I can't really, I can't really disagree with any of that. 
Ali, we failed to to take a golden opportunity to close the gap at the top um, after they obviously dropped points at at Easter Road. In the manner, in the manner of the way the game had started um, and the way we were in the first half, to finish it the way that we did, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's worse than unacceptable. Oh, oh, at half time when you were doing your vlog, vlog Carney, I thought Rangers were playing well. I thought we were a canter in the game. I said to you, Rangers should go out there and get goals because of the goal difference. We should go out and try and hammer that. It just collapsed the second half. I don't know whether they just go out there and think, oh, we're 2-0 up. This will be a doddle the rest of 45. I mean, just give away stupid goals. And I agree with Ryan completely. Me and Ryan were having a couple of texts Sunday night and the two of us was raging as each other. But um, no, I, I said Rangers were one, one bump away, another bump away for losing this league title. Now, I'm not conceding the league title, but what I'm saying is that is a reason on Sunday why we won't win this league title. And folk might not want to hear it. I know we're only three points behind, but give me some sort of argument that tells you Rangers are going to do something in the next 10 games. With eight games we've played since we've came back and we've won three. That's, that's, that's embarrassing league form. It really is. And um, yeah, I just I can't put an argument going forward in terms of Rangers doing something, putting a run together. So I just, I just can't. I just and, and it's, it's same with Ryan. You take the Dortmund game out of the equation. That's a free hit. There's no pressure on Rangers. It's a free hit. And you, you can, to that point, you can take last season out because the way last season went, Rangers can't have done league last season. Celtic had two two games very early on the season where they didn't play and we just stretched away and we never really had that pressure in terms of them breathing down our neck. Previous seasons, as Ryan's just sort of noted there, we have and we've seen what's happened and we've done it again this season. Again, so let's be honest about it. A poor Celtic team this season, they're not great. And I said I said to Paul at work, Carney, I says, this will probably be one of the worst Celtic teams that will probably win this league title this season. Because they're not great, but we are not we are not great either. And as I said in the last pod, we're absolutely gift wrapping it at the moment to Celtic. And once again, we have. And I'll be honest, and it sounds really negative, but I need to say the truth here because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not even confident for tomorrow night about Rangers. I don't know what Rangers are going to show up. I really don't know. And as Ryan says, we need to get our act together. We've only got 10 games left, but... If I'm being honest with myself, I can't see that group of players doing it in the next two games. I really don't. Unless Celtic have some sort of collapse. But Can I can I jump in? Sorry. Sorry, Carney. Apologies, boys. I just want to ask a question, probably to you all. Do you think, because I know what my answer to this is, if they had gone to Easter Road and got the win, do you think Rangers would have dropped points on Sunday? No. I don't. Honestly, no, probably not. No, probably um, not. No, probably not. But I mean, I'll I, based on the way the first half had went, I didn't think there was anything in that in them. I didn't think that it would even have been crossing their mind. And look, it's hard to get in players' heads. Best enough. I mean, we get wee snippets of press conferences, but are usually useless. You don't tend to get much out of them. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I know. I say you'll never know. It's one of those things. Um, I'm not one of these people that think the league's over. I don't think the league's over. I don't think um, 
I don't think Celtic will win every game at the end of the season. Celtic have been good in spells this season. Uh, it's not often that I'll give them credit. They have been, but there was no way they could maintain that. There was just no chance with the strength of the squad that they have. Uh, they couldn't maintain that. Um, we have a stronger squad. I'll still, I'll still argue that point, but only... Ability-wise, right now, it doesn't really seem to be mentally. Uh, and that's one thing that I can't disagree with, is that it just... Sunday's second-half performance is just a... as a lack of mentality, a lack of winning mentality, wanting to... wanting to be winners again. Uh, there's too many. There's too many. We will get in individual players, but there is too many. Um, Can I ask just a quick a quick thing? Sorry, Scotia, I know you've still come in here. Just a quick one. You'll probably see when it went. It was going to say no. Well, no, I don't think so. See, see when it went two each. This is a question. Always, did you think Rangers were going to score a winner? No, no. chance. No Look at the chance. other side of the city. If it happens to them, do you think they'll score a winner? Right, yes, I, nah, I was about to make up a fucking stupid excuse to get 10 minutes added on time, but no, um, yeah, you're <laughs> probably right, mate. Uh, they probably do get a, a goal in the last minute. It's something that we we don't do. It is something yeah. that the strangers don't do. But no, um, we'd, uh, no, I don't think. Uh, as soon as it went to each, I knew. I was like, oh, that's another one. We're blown. The reason that I don't think the league's over is... It is only three points. There is still two old firms to come up, and without trying to sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, I just feel there is more to come yet. However, I said the last time we dropped points against Dundee United um, that there could be no more mistakes. Um, this one, I am being generous to let them say, right, this has to be the last. However, I will agree with you what you said as well, Ali, towards the end, that I'm not feeling great about tomorrow night. I've got no idea what to expect by Rangers tomorrow. Um, it's really over to them now to show that they do have the the balls on them to do this. Um, Scotia, hello, mate. Sorry. Sorry, Scotia. Um, Tavi's press conference, Scott, today said the players are all disappointed with the result on Sunday and that we need to learn from it and put a performance in tomorrow night. However, based on what we've just spoke about, based on what Ryan has said over the last, um, the last three years after the winter breaks, we certainly don't seem to be learning from these mistakes. It seems to be reoccurring. So, I suppose my question is, why should we believe them? Yeah, it's pretty hard to, um, to to believe them. I think what you've got with Rangers, and ever since we've come back up, back into Europe when Gerard came in, um, is you've got two different Rangers teams. And I always used to look at it as you've got the Rangers team that plays in Europe that are absolutely brilliant and can handle it and deal with it. And then you've got the Rangers team that plays in Scotland. And some of the players can't handle it at times. But some of the th um, results there that Ryan was was rhyming off, you know, the, the Celtic results just before before the winter breaks in previous seasons. It's really what it is. It's, it's, it's a Rangers team. You've got a Rangers team that like being an underdog. You know? And that's the way I feel about them. And it's a terrible thing to say about a Rangers team. But they seem to be a team that thrive on being the underdog. Because if you think about it, that old firm game... Most recently, we were probably slight favourites for that, even though it was at Parkhead, and we go out and we absolutely shit the bed on it. Um, so you've got those these two teams, and there are certain players that I know you'll come on to that just can't seem to get a grip on how to deal with this this type of pressure. And Ryan's right that I don't. Some of them can't deal with the crowd at times. 
I feel because after you'd done that vlog and that after full time quest, I was like, right, I'm never doing one of them again. Because it was well, at half time. I'm like, no, me neither, mate. Me neither. <laughs> uh, this is routine. And then you come out at the end of the game. Both me and Ali are raging. There's other points in there that, that I think we'll talk about because it was again very similar to the the Dundee United game the previous week in terms of what went on in the game. Um, but I don't. I, I'm a, I, I'm like you that I don't think the league's over yet. Um, I still think that Rangers can go on and win this because I do think that both sides are most likely to go drop points and it's whoever sort of drops the least. I've got confidence in the last two old firm games of the season as well at the moment. Um, so I don't see it being over, but I do. I'm getting to the stage where I find it difficult to disagree with Pearson when he's saying that, no, that's it, done. I mean, a wee bit more optimistic. I'm not, I'm not saying it's completely done. I'm just saying I can't put an argument up for this Rangers team to say they're going to win it because they've shown me nothing since we've come back. Yeah, I'm not right. conceding the title in case folk think I'm. I'm no, not. I'm just saying no, I, 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 I can't I see an argument. Come, yeah, I get where you're coming from, mate. And I think a lot of people are pretty much the same. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong or you're right. It's the, your different way of looking at it. Uh, I've tried to be rational about it, and yes, sometimes I am just very much oh, it's over. And but I, I'm trying to remain optimistic because we we had to. We had to really make a mess of this for us not to win the league. And we are doing our absolute best to make the biggest mess that you've ever seen um, to not win the league. And it's it's everybody's entitled to their, their own opinion on that. I'm just, I think I'm trying to stay optimistic. Maybe it'll be my downfall. I'm not 100% sure. But Scotia, you're right. I ain't doing another vlog again because what it, a. Carney, is it 30? Is it, is it 30 points face. out of 24? Is that what we've got since we've come back 13 points out of 24? So we've dropped nine points. I think points that's right. Yeah, I think that's like right. That. And there's only thirty points left to play for. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's. Well, it's been a nine point. Any. It's been a nine point swing, um, which is just unacceptable. I mean, you just can't. Be, you can't be doing it. You really can't. And it's all kind of stemmed from. It has all stemmed from the old farm game, really. If we're going to be honest, this is when it all started to go terribly wrong, because. Well, the Aberdeen game wasn't great. Oh, the Aberdeen game wasn't great. That's uh, true, actually. The Aberdeen game, probably. Yeah, you can tell I do loads of research for this podcast. Um, no, but I think the the, the attitude of the the old firm, um, it's just been wrong, and I think everybody's been questioning mentality since then. Anyway, we'll 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 move on. Say we'll go down in circles probably tonight. Um, we'll break down the game a bit more. Um, goals from Morelos, possibly an own goal, uh, and a great strike from Sakala in the first half, Ryan. As good as you could really expect, being 2-0 up at half-time, mate. And I have to praise the team as well as getting stuck into them because the first half was everything I want to see Rangers doing. Aye, they were attacking, they were direct, and they were creating chances. It's Yeah, that's what you want to see. Not just at Ibrooks, you want to see that away from home as well, but that's what I expect to see from a Rangers team. They look... I was When I was watching in the first half, I thought, you know, this is a different mentality than when Gio first came in because I thought we were a bit reserved when Gio first came in which I didn't expect when he was appointed but I think changes and conversations have clearly been made in terms of our play because we were like I said we were direct and um, I was happy we were looking good for a 2-0 I said to the guy next to me I can't remember Motherwell hardly touching the ball in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. they were very very poor and just couldn't keep a hold of the ball and they're they're fully taken. And um I we should have been up more than more than two 0 if if we're being honest, but 
same old story, not doing the job at the front, and we know what happened in the second half, but this is a consistent theme with this Rangers side. They're not they're not as clinical as they were last season, but they're nowhere near as clinical as they need to be to be top of the league. They need to start converting chances and guys need to get their numbers up. Um I'm not starting naming names, but people need to get their numbers up and if they don't, then we are in trouble. I did say like I think you know that I'm not like I'm not a huge Haji fan of East Scotia's, but I did say if we don't replace Haji in January, if we don't replace him, he's got he gets his numbers with goals and assists because he's the kind of guy who'll he'll hit a shot from outside of the box and we'll, we'll pick a goal up off it, or he'll get his assist and he'll try something different. We are missing that type of player. We are missing somebody up there to get the numbers up, and get the goals, and hit a shot from outside the box. We are missing that hugely and. Um, that probably will take us on to transfer window at some point um, with the signings that we've made. But yeah, it's just we looked good in the first half, but we didn't convert the chances that we should have. Yeah, I agree. I think Ross Wilson is coming in for a bit of criticism just now due to the business that we did do um, in January. And look, if it all works out, you'll be paled. If it doesn't work out, you'll be slaughtered. And that's just the life of working and being at Rangers. Um, however, I think there is now arguments coming for it. Um, spoiler alert, everybody. Aaron Ramsey's not on the squad tomorrow night. Um, Ali, we are doing everything right in the first half. Um, literally everything that you want to do. We came out flying. Um, we had hit the bar within the first couple of minutes, hunting in packs, stopping Motherwell coming out, absolutely bossing the game. John Lundstrom standing at the back like he'd always been a deep-line centre-back playmaker role uh, it was great it was everything that you wanted and we were using words like routine and easy street mate at half time I bet it was <laughs> if somebody had watched that first half that's exactly what it was it, it was routine it was it was easy that's why John Lundstrom was put in at centre half because Gio knew Rangers would have all of the ball he wouldn't be pressurised and that's why you could see him come out with the ball would drop it a three and he could link with the midfield sometimes and it, I said it worked a treat the first half, it really did. But as soon as we give a goal away, we we shit the bed. We shit the bed. And we can't kill teams. And I know we have a joke about Carney and I always say I want my early goal in the second half to kill it. But it's true. We need to go out and kill teams and we can't do it. And and I'm sitting there with Scotia second half and I mean the first goal we give away, I mean, if we, you'll come on to who we think's responsible for it, but Lord Lundstrom's down, done down his side, to be fair, he's, he's done by pace with the boy. And, but as soon as they get that goal, you're sitting there going, I've seen how this movie ends. I have. I've been mm-hmm. here before. And I could, I just knew it was going to happen. And it's that shouldn't be the case from the first half. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. It's, it's unbelievable that from the first half to the second half. But I just think there's something this Rangers team, when a team gets a goal against us and it's back to been tight like that, I just think we shit the bed too many times, I really do. I think there was a number of things in the second half um, that just didn't work um, for whatever reason and a, a lack of adapting really, um, we will we will come on to that. Scotia, I, should we all just blame you really for the second half considering you <laughs> called it Beautiful Sunday at halftime? Yes, probably. Twice. I do apologise. Twice. Twice. Yeah, Twice. But... But if, if you've been perfectly honest, that was exactly how everyone was feeling at halftime. Because it was, like Ali says, it was routine and it, would, it did look like we were going well. I think Motherwell need to get, get given or, um, 
what's his chops? Graham Alexander for the because I think he made the three changes to the Motherwell side at half time to change their shape and how they were approaching the game. But in the first half, I thought we were brilliant. I think, I mean, we, there was a couple of chances that we should have done better in, but I think Kelly made a couple of decent, really decent saves to kind of keep the score line down as well. So give him a wee bit of praise for that. Um, I felt I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that in the, at the first half I didn't feel as if it was going to be an absolutely yeah, brilliant day because I no. did. Yeah, no, you're correct, mate, because I did. You can tell by my face uh, at half-time and my face at full-time. Uh, completely different, really completely different. Uh, into the second half, um, calamity defending um, and goalkeeping with ship. Two points away and failed to see the game out. Um, Ryan, 2-0 is by no, by no means a winning score. However, in the manner of the way the first half went, I'll probably steal your word, mate. It's absolutely criminal that the way Rangers managed that second half, it was up there with the worst that I've seen a Rangers team um, and a management team deal with another team making slight changes, not exactly world-changing, like world-class tactic change that's really caught us out of nothing, just desire really probably that was maybe took over so in your opinion mate where did it all go wrong what a question that is by the way (laughs) Uh, the lads are getting the lads are getting even tougher ones mate Uh, i'm using them in gently here (laughs) where did it all go wrong Yes, i've said a few times i do not like rangers when they've got to fight a game out and i don't mean like I don't mean when a team part of the bus, but seeing a team, a team start putting the boot in and winning the second balls, Rangers fall short more than nine times out of ten for me. They really do. They fall short and it's when it's a game like that, when it's physical and the second balls are there to be won. And you just need to look at the the second goal. I think the ball's out in the govern the govern side and it gets kind of deflected over it in the middle. And I think it's Sakala who's the nearest guy to the motherwell centre mid who then takes it to the player next to Tavernier and we have nobody near the motherwell players in that centre midfield. Where our centre midfielders are, I don't know. I don't know if they're still up in the up at the Copeland. I don't know what they're doing. But the second balls, Motherwell were winning second balls, left, right and centre after they'd scored. And I think Ali said it. Um when Motherwell scored that, I, I, I had a feeling. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna collapse here, this is, they're going to score you could just tell the, the players look nervous and that is not good, it's not good to see because the fans are nervous but that's that, that's, a, that's not a new thing, you're always going to be nervous when it's 2-1 or 1-0 but the players look the most nervous people in the stadium and you can see it, McGregor Tav, every single one of them, Tavernier all of them, and they look nervous and there's nobody there, we lost control in the middle of the park, there is no one there to get the studs in the ball, hold on to the ball, pull our shape together, see the, see the next five minutes out, keep control of this game because we are getting sucked in to their game. We're losing our, our way of playing. So that's probably where it went wrong. We lost our, our style and our way of playing and um, that should not be happening to anyone in Scotland. And it certainly should be happening when you're up 2-0 um, at home. And it just it's not good enough. The defending, the goalkeeping for the first goal. He needs to be dropped tomorrow night. I know we're going to go into it, but he needs to be dropped. It's it, it breaks my heart. It's like putting your dog down. 
it breaks my heart and McGregor needs to he needs to step step aside. But also Goldson and Tavernier have had an absolute shocker. An absolute shocker. I, I think they both had two attempts at that second goal to tackle the guy and he looks as if he runs through. It was like something that I don't know, like out of film. Like he literally runs through him and appears on the other side of him. Like I don't understand how he gets through him. And it's just criminal and it's and it's to do with attitude and it's to do with this mentality and they, that's nerves for me. That screams of nerves because when we were playing against Dortmund and Royce and Bellingham and whatever, they're putting their hearts on their, their sleeve and they're getting stuck right in. I didn't see that on Saturday. No. Um, I think we lost control. Um, you're right, mate, and what you, you mentioned there, we did. And we're all, we've all praised Glenn Kamara at times and we've all... Um, thought what a player we're getting, whatever else. Since Steele come in, he's not looked the same. Uh, I don't know whether he doesn't understand, but there was at points he was in the middle of that park where I thought, why are you there? What are you doing? What are you What are you even attempting to do? You're getting the ball and you're passing it back. And it was summed up when it went to each and Kamara's passing the ball side and side and side. Now, what are you doing? Literally, what yeah. are you doing? I don't understand what you think you're trying to achieve. Do you not care anymore? Do you not want to be here? And I know that's all very simplistic to say, but we didn't look at any point that we were trying to go hell for leather to try and get that goal um, after it went to each. It looked like we'd accepted, the team had accepted fate. Um, it was so disappointing. Um, it really was. Ali, we do obviously need to speak about um, Alan McGregor. Um, well, also, I'll tie it in with Connor Goldson as well, I suppose. Um, now, for the first goal, um, he doesn't really cover himself in glory. Um, any keeper really should be diving down on top of that. I don't think there's any real doubt about it. I'll tie in Conor Goldson to that. If Goldson knows that Alan McGregor isn't going to do that, why are you not sliding in to get clear of that ball? Because you've got no idea where your man is. If you watch that back, Goldson's got no idea where that guy at the back post is. Not a clue. He's done, he's, that guy can see his number. Goldson looked at him once and then pretended like he wasn't there. Uh, and it was uh, it made it 2-1. Um, however, for the... The second goal, I, I can't. There is literally no excuse for me, Ryan McGregor, for this one. You're beat at your near post. The ball is at the very most half a yard away from your right foot and you kind of fall down. Um, Ryan's right, probably is like putting a dog down, but it's time, isn't it? Yeah. We said this over a week ago. And then we all had a wee laugh yeah. because we all put him in the team. We picked for, McGregor for enough, but, but we all but we all said we would put McLaughlin in. I, I, I blame and, Rangers and reason, for that and, though, because Rangers well, are making us bipolar by the bipolar performance. Yeah, well, I, th I think the reason we didn't do it is because he he did have an all right game against Dortmund, and we probably thought, no, I'll just put him in. But no, he's, I'm sorry, he's got to come out. It's um, the first goal. I can give Goldson a slight bit of slack because I think he thinks McGregor's going to come for it because afterwards Goldson's shouting at McGregor second one is a calamity, Tav doesn't help Goldson but McGregor can't be beating the front post like that and I've said it all season he's too slow to go down he's fart, his reactions are too slow at times I know in that game in terms of he didn't lose balls, he didn't lose any goals from corner kicks and stuff in terms of him sitting on his line but this season he can't he, 
he's just stuck in that lane constantly. I, I just, I don't think he's helping his back line in front of him because I don't think, and it's mad to say this because he, he is one of the greatest keepers of my lifetime, McGregor, but at the present point, he's not given that back line confidence. I don't think they have confidence in him, which then goes into the back line. And, you, and it's, I just think John McLaughlin, I've said it before, he brings a common influence. He can play he can play with the, the ball at his feet. He can come for balls. It's time for John McLaughlin to come back in. And I, I was a wee bit shocked when David Edgar asked a question to, to Gio in terms of McGregor. And he kind of, he's never going to say, oh, yeah, yeah we need to bring him out. <laughs> under. So he can't he can't say that. Yeah. But he did sound slightly shocked in, the, in the terms of, well, why are you questioning that? But this isn't new. We've been talking about this a way, way back since the Hibs game. He came back, fair play to him, but he's cost us some amount of points. He got, I mean, he, he won us a lot of points last season, so let's give him credit for that. But this season, he has cost us a hell of a lot of points. And I'm sorry, I love McGregor's as much as you guys too, but John McLaughlin has to start tomorrow night. And if John McLaughlin isn't starting tomorrow night, I'm worried going forward even more with this Rangers team. Yeah, um, just quickly before I move to Scott, I, I agree. Um, I agree. A goalkeeper at any level should not be beat like that at the near post. One off, fine, but it's not one off anymore. The decision they made against the Ross County one still haunts me, um, but especially the last one, their, their third goal with the corner. I've got no idea what he's trying to do. Literally no idea. Try to save it with his chest. An absolute bonkers decision. And it has come to the point now that don't ruin your don't ruin your legacy um, by being remembered for costing us something. Um, go for what you've done for us. Um, and maybe have the obvious conversation with yourself. Scotia, um, Tav at the press conference today said that the team are fully behind Grigsy. Um We win and lose as a team, etc. As you would expect a captain to say. My biggest concern is I don't think everybody else, I don't think the fans um, are fully behind McGregor now. And could be a slippery slope. No, you're right. I mean, it's been rumbling on for a while and all the other sort of Rangers pods that I listen to, the same things are getting said. You know, they're saying what we're saying and you speak to other folk in the pub and things and we're all, we're all saying the same. I don't think Goldson fully trust in McGregor if I'm being completely honest because that first goal is just complete miscommunication Definitely. McGregor should be going down for it but Goldson needs to be they need to be talking to each other I think and the way that you, you never see it do you with Goldson screaming at McGregor it's usually the other way around but I just think that there's a real but certainly between them two that they're certainly not in each other's wavelength at the moment so I, the problem I've got with the press conferences when you get results like this is you can't come out and start slaughtering people, <laughs> your own teammates and things like that. You need to be. There's all, all the answers are always going to be quite politically, you know, in line and stuff, and not going to rock the boat too much, because um, when that happens, things just start falling apart completely. Um, but no, I I didn't really believe Tav when I heard that there. I, I'm like you, I think it's it's time for a change at the minute because I don't want this to be McGregor's legacy. You know, if he keep gets kept in the goals for the next couple of games and it costs more points he's in goals tomorrow night and if something happens it costs more points then I don't want that to be his legacy because like Ali he's probably he's certainly right up beside Gorham now I mean I know we, we spoke about it the last couple of seasons and you know towards the end of last season McGregor was right upside Gorham there for me um, yeah 
I, I can't disagree with that, mate. I, I, I'm not. I'm not questioning what he has done for us. Um, it's what he's doing for us now, and right now he's he's costing us just now. Um, Ryan, I'll finish up with you on this, mate. Um, Connor Goldson, uh, I don't want him to really get a free pass because, especially for that second goal, it is absolute calamity defending for him and Tavernier. It's bordering on embarrassing, to be honest, the, the, the way they try to defend that. The absolute panic in them trying to win the ball. No control at all, no control of themselves. We've stopped talking about Goldson, mate, um, since Steele came in because we started playing better and we stopped conceding goals, so we've stopped having that question. Um, still no sign of a new contract, no idea of where he's going in the summer. I don't care who you are, it's going to affect you. I would like to question how much does he actually care now if he's made the decision that he's off? I, th- I don't know if it's because of my seat, Carney, but I think he cares. I do believe he cares. I've got to say, I watch him during a game and he's more vocal than Tavernier. He's constantly organising people, he's roaring at people. Yes, his performances have dropped. They've, they're up and down. I will say he's had some set of balls on him after that Hibs game to come out and say what he said, but then he put in the performances straight after. So, fair play. He did. He backed it up and showed that he could. And if he'd kept playing poorly, he would have got slaughtered. He would have been dropped because the fans wouldn't have put up with that comment and playing badly. But he didn't. He bounced back and played well. And he went on a run of games and played really well. But yeah, he's he's a culprit. He's a culprit for the goals we're conceding. I think Scotia makes a brilliant point that you can see Goldson not just that goal, not just that goal, the first goal on Saturday, corner kicks. You can see there's a lack of confidence in, and this might just be both ways, but you can see there's a lack of confidence in McGregor from the defence. They don't they don't think he'll come for it. They don't know how to deal with the cross balls. And that was a perfect example. I mean, it was along the ground, obviously, but that was a perfect example. Who's dealing with this? Are you dealing with No, oh, right. Oh, no, he's put it in the back of the net. And it, it, it's horrendous and it's it needs sorted out. But Goldson, we've known, we've known, we all know, we've all known since before Christmas, he ain't staying. He obviously wants to go back down south. It could be for family reasons. It could be his last thing. I mean, you've got to remember this guy's had heart problems. I'm not bailing him out here. He's had heart problems. This could be his last big payday. He set him up for life. If that's what he wants to do, he's entitled to run down his contract as long as he's putting the performances in. And if he does that again tomorrow night, which he will start, if he does that again, if we if we've got fit defenders, yeah, he gets dropped. He gets dropped. He can't play like that the way he played on Saturday because it does look a bit unnatural because he didn't he didn't apply himself properly to that. That second goal, we just didn't look as if he was he was going to make a tackle. It was so poor. Yeah, um, I was I was cautious at time, realizing that we've actually went about forty minutes here and we've got other stuff to talk about. But I don't really want to miss this bit out, so I'm actually going to I'm actually going to bring it up. Ali, um, GOT's press conference today um, says that he's taking some of the responsibility for the second half display, um, but the question still remains to me. Why did you not change it? And why was your change taken off Sakala and put on Kamar Roof? Kamar Roof, who hasn't played a competitive game since, what, Annan? Yeah. I mean, he get praise um, Geo for Dortmund when he when he changed the shape um, on Thursday night. And, and 
and he, and he did well, and he, he got praised for that. But um, no, t- to me, when it went two one, you bring on Balogun. He, he's on a bench, Balogun. You got to bring him on. You put Lundstrom in the middle of the park. To me, that was a change. Got keeps Sakala. Yeah, he's. You don't know what he's doing half the time, but that's why I'd keep him on the park, Sakala. I think he's dangerous. I thought the first half he was really dangerous. I would have kept him on. Kamal Roof. I think the last time he was actually on the park for Rangers, I know he played against was it Annan or something, but um, it was Annan, yeah. But... Do you not listen to him? I say for asking a question, no, <laughs> no. but he's um, Kamara is another one I don't think about there next season. I think he'll mm-hmm. be moved on as well. Um, he's just his injuries don't help him, but I don't, I don't know whether Geo fancies him or not, I don't know because we've hardly seen him at all. Um, but yeah, and he made the change. Was it ten minutes to go? He made the change. Eighty-two and minutes. Tim, yeah. So to me, he had to make the change when we went when it went two-one and put Lundstrom in the middle of the park and put that was the obvious change, and he didn't do it. So yeah, he he's got to take responsibility on it. He took the praise on Thursday night and rightfully so, and he has to take some of the blame for um for for Sunday as well, along with the players. The players on, on that park should have enough to go out there and do it. But as Ryan says, there's guys in that park that aren't adding numbers. And, and I'm not going to go around the houses of who we're going to know here, but we're starting well, to rely on... The easiest way to sum that up, mate, is aye, the second top goal scorer at the club just now is um, Sakala, I think, and then it's Tav. Was oh, it Sakala? Yeah. I think so, so. I could be wrong. Somebody might stand corrected. Just off the top of my head, that was, I think it's Morello, Sakala, and then Tav. You need your midfielders to contribute more. Yeah, the the, the, mid, the midfield's contributing next to nothing at the moment. Yeah, Joe Aribo pops in with some goals now and again, but he needs more. Another guy who I think has been brilliant recently, but doesn't score goals. Um, you'll know who I'm on about. But um, yeah, Scotia's man, Hadji, I think is a big miss. I know he wasn't great before he got injured, but he's a big miss at the moment for us because we, we don't really have anyone. We don't really score at times. And when it went to each... I just knew we ain't scoring. Mm, you're you're right, um, Scotia. In terms of in terms of Geo and his tactics, he had A, B, and C ready for Dortmund. Why did he have a very poor plan A for Motherwell and that alone? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm like Ali, he's got <laughs> you've got to criticise him. You praise him for what he done against Dortmund, but yeah, he gets criticised here because. But oh, I'm like Pearson. Balogun's on the bench there. Ryan said it earlier, Kamara's in the second half losing the midfield battle completely, so it's time for Lundstrom to get pushed up into midfield and you bring Balogun on. If Balogun's not coming on, then he probably wasn't fit enough to be on that bench that could have went to a King or a Simpson. And then you've also got Sands that was on the bench as well, who could have slipped into... And at the back where you could pull Bassey across and put Barisic on at left-back. That, for me, needed to get done because we were losing the midfield battle and he just wasn't changing it in... We've, we've seen this before um, under the previous management team where they would just try to sort of hang on and see it out and it just goes back in their face. So, um, aye, it wasn't great um, tactically at the weekend there, uh, Gio. No, especially not. I mean, Arfield was blown out his ass after about 40 minutes. Oh, um, Aribo, Aribo was good. He was good at spells, but not effective enough. So it has to be down to the amount of... Amount of time he's put in, Kent tired towards the end as well. Even Morelos did, even though he scored twice, which one of them should have counted. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, just not a good day at the office at, at all. And 
um, for all parties, the 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 management the management team and the players, and that second half is certainly going to do a lot of damage to us if we don't figure out how to put teams to bed to consistently do enough and not just fall over and literally panic as soon as a long ball gets brought forward or a team gets motivated and not adapt and not change. Um, a very frustrating afternoon, um, that is for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll leave that there. If you are still here, thank you for listening to that. That must have been <laughs> bloody tough, man. Uh, so thank you so much for getting through that. Hopefully this makes you smile. Speaking of massive balls up, uh, I have to do the Manscaped promo. Um, so it's time to join 4 million men worldwide to trust Manscaped, who are the leaders in below-the-waist grooming and can provide you with the right tools for the job to keep your balls thanking you. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code CLUBAT22 for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package 4.0. The number one product in the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. It has skin-safe technology so you don't damage the man veg and it has an LED light in case you want to live life on the edge and shave your delicates in the dark. To complete the trimming of said delicates, finish it off with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. These formulations will have your balls smelling like a king. So our exclusive offer is 20% off and free shipping with the code CLUBAT22 at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Your balls will thank you. Thank you to Manscaped again for their continued support. If you use the code CLUBAT22, you will get 20% off and free shipping, but you will also be supporting this podcast. So thank you to absolutely everybody that has done so, so far. Hello, Ryan's cat. For you listening on audio, um, you're probably wondering what that's all about. The cat bit wasn't in to do with the promo, by the way. Um, <laughs> or any, there was no innuendos there or anything. Ryan's cat had just make that, made an appearance. Um, right, gentlemen, we'll move on. Uh, we'll quickly touch on something and then we'll go on to the St. John's one because I'm obviously pretty cautious of time. And <laughs> I'll be surprised if MD's still watching anyway. Um, so, on to other news um, that ties in with the, the Murrowell game about the SPFL clubs met to discuss the VAR. The meeting lasted less than an hour with no resolution being met by the end of the meeting. Um, Scotiabank, why is Scottish football so keen in just watching itself burn? Uh, and act like it's all okay and just not make any adaption to modern football and live in what's fast becoming the dark ages of football. It is. I think out of the top, all the top 15, probably the top 20 leagues in Europe, we don't, we're the only ones that don't have VAR. Um, I think what the meeting they had, they get told that the, the price was now going to be double or more than double than what they were initially told. So it's not going to happen. You, you just know that. And it's... Um, it's, a, it's really annoying because, like you said, mentioned back to the, the Motherwell game there, there was probably about four four decisions that um, could have changed the game again against Motherwell. Um, there was the challenge in Goldson in the first half. It's a red card. Yep. Um, yep. Motherwell's second goal and the build-up to it, O'Donnell flicks it into, who was it, Shaw? He's offside. offside. Then yep. Obviously, it takes a wee bit longer for it to go through and the boy scores, but that was offside, so it should have got called back. And then you had Alfie's two chances. First one, I, I, I during the game, I was like, no, that, that he was offside, I felt, when I was looking at it. Um, but the second one, no, that's... You need far for something like that. And that although for that one, I, I don't know if far would have been that conclusive because it was really, really tight. And I, I just <clears> don't <throat> know how the linesman 
can guess that one and not see, or obviously it was different linesman, but you can guess that one and then the one for the Motherwell goal, but it's he's a couple of yards off that doesn't get given. So VAR needs to come in, but like I say, because that price getting doubled up, you just know it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think the SFA just walk about the streets of Glasgow, Edinburgh, all the major cities in Scotland and just look for people that look slightly lost and go up and go, do you want to be a linesman, son? Yes, I do. There's a flag. I went and stand on that line and just put it up when you feel like it. It doesn't really matter when you do it. Just put it up every now and again. Um, so, yeah, no, the linesmen are shocking. They really are. He's guessed the Morelos second one. Let's not be coy about it. He's guessed that he's offside for the second one. It's not great because the TV angles are poor, but it's a guess. There's no way he's got that correct. He has literally went, well, he's probably offside. I'll just put my flag up here. Carney. Uh, Carney. Yes, mate. Sorry, can I just jump in to what I was thinking as well? Obviously, I've been down to pitch side at Ibrox and there's that quite a big camber on the pitch. So when you're standing at pitch level, it's really difficult to see like the other side of the pitch. Mm. So because um, Morelos is kind of blocking his view as well, it is a total guess. You're right. Yeah, as I guess, he literally has guessed. He's not that good. I know he's not that good because it was another decision that he made that was just ludicrous and you're just... My biggest one was the second one, uh, second goal. I got my back talking about the bloody Motherwell game. Um, <laughs> the, the the second goal is, see the players that were warming up all screamed at that linesman, like, are you having a laugh? Like, all the players that were warming up, the Rangers players. And but the way Morelos went away and celebrated, it was... It was just, it has to have been a goal. But VAR's not going to happen. Ali, you there? I never said me there. <laughs> did I? Did I? Did I say Ali? No. no. Did, did not. Sorry, <laughs> mate. Sorry. My bad, everybody. My bad. Don't worry, I'll face it. Yes, Ali, VAR's not going to happen, is it? No. And, and to be fair, if the VAR we're on about isn't even for next season. It was for the season afterwards. So... Strap yourselves in. We're not going to have it for at least probably two, three years. Whether they bring it in in the Scottish Cup or something, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I was going to say, just in our run recently, although we've shipped a lot, of, we've had a lot of horrendous luck in every game, pretty much. We've had a real run of bad luck. And VAR would have helped us. But then again, I don't watch a lot of teams in Scotland. They could say the exact same thing in terms of their games too. So, I, you never know that. But, we have had a, a hell of a run of bad luck. <laughs> I think we're due a bit of luck somewhere in the next couple of games, but whether that'll happen, God knows. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, um, last talk, last bit to you on this, mate. Um, you don't like VAR, or you don't want VAR, so you're probably happy with us. He's not, he's not been kind of getting one round recently, very recently. Um, you were fed up hearing me say this, I have never seen so many bad refereeing performances. It's literally every single week. Every single week, I am i can't believe the, the things I'm seeing. That Goldson tackle, Rangers should be challenging that. I've not heard anything. I don't know if they have or not, but Rangers should be challenging that because that is <laughs> it's dangerous play. And the referee yeah, is there, right. as I said before, first and foremost, to protect players. And if he thinks he's protecting Goldson there, I've no idea what he thinks he's doing as a referee. Um, I've got my fear that even if we do end up getting VAR, that we're going to get some sort of home bargains VAR, and they'll <laughs> go to the they'll go to the touchline, and uh, it'll be Stephen Thompson and Michael Stewart standing there with a 
a flip, a flip book, a picture flip book or something like that. So, yeah, there'll be a sketch artist, a sketch artist, mate, will need to sit and draw the scene that they've just seen, and then they'll need to show it. Um, Scotia's so annoyed he's left the, he's left the room, everybody. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll apologize to Scotia later. Obviously, he's a huge far <laughs> fan, he doesn't like me contesting what he's saying. Um, but yeah, did I, I just that last fear. time when we were talking about what yeah. was it last time we were and talking I, about what Scotia's really I, not I think it was, with us. I'm pretty sure it was me speaking as well, so obviously, it's my voice. and Right, but... well, sorry, 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 Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. No, my right. computer was about to run out of battery, and then when I done it, I knocked everything out. So, aye, sorry about I, that. I, just I could still hear you though. I, I get your, I get your proverb, but just challenge me if you don't agree with anything I say. Let's have a conversation. Don't just leave, please. There's a rage question. Um, <laughs> I've just got, a, I've got, a, I got a fear that if we do end up getting VAR, which I think we will, in a few years' time. I just feel that it's not going to be the VAR that we all want. I just can't see this screen and this quick decision happening. And no offence, away at St Martin or um, Hamilton or whatever. I just can't see this happening. I can't see the technology being there and and the right decisions being made. But also, we're still seeing poor decisions being made through VAR down in England. And we've got numpties up here for referees. Absolute. They're brain dead, some of them. And for them to make the right decision, even though they've got the VAR, I, st- I still see it being a problem. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, it's just not going to happen, though. It isn't. I mean, I'd be shocked if we see it in the next five years. Now, I mean, two, three. I just don't think it will happen. Uh, and if it will, God knows what it will be. I mean, we don't even have goal line technology, man. It's like, <laughs> you might as well just put two jumpers down in the middle of a field and just tell them they got on with it. Um, what do you used to call it? Nobody in, which is that we used to call it? Nobody in. I mean, there was no goalkeepers. You could just shoot forever you wanted to try and get it between the goals. goals. What did that used to be called? I called it Rush. We called no, it Rushy. A no keep, no keep seasons or something. I don't know. God, who does? I'm far too old to remember playing football as a win. That's quite sad. Um, right, we'll move on to St Johnston game. Um, finally, getting getting somewhere. Um, as I say, nobody's watching, so it doesn't matter. Um, we travelled to Perth on Wednesday night to take on St Johnston. Um, St Johnston are sitting second, two points ahead of Dundee. We have a game in hand uh, over them just now. Um, they've been struggling for four all seasons, suffered a 3-1 defeat in Dingwall against Ross County on Saturday. Uh, just there, Saturday, just there. Um, it's getting to the point of the season, Ali, where um, all these teams are now fighting for three points, anything that they can get to try and survive. We should be going into this match full of confidence based on where they're sitting in the league and where we're sitting in the league. However, as you mentioned earlier, mate, we're probably not feeling like that. So what are you expecting from the game from Wednesday, if you can hazard a guess at it? <laughs> I think it'll be difficult. Like you say, St. Johnson are down. Dundee's bottom of the league, but Dundee's got a game in hand over St. Johnson. St. Johnson are seven points behind Ross County. So they'll, they're desperate for points at the moment, St. Johnston. So... Yeah, I think it'll be a tough game. I think St Johnston will, um, as you say, part of the bus, part two buses. So we'll need to be patient, I think, tomorrow night. And we all know, well, I've not got patience straight away, so that'll be hard for me. But um, no, we'll need patience tomorrow night. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, I I, I fully expect a tough game. I, I, like I said at the beginning, Carney, I really don't know what Rangers are going to turn up. I really Rangers could come out tomorrow and blow them away. Wouldn't he surprise me or... They could get beat or drop points. That wouldn't surprise me. So you just don't know what Rangers are going to turn up. But 
from what I've heard for Rangers in the pressers, which I've heard previously and they've dropped points, they need to come out and show the Rangers fans something tomorrow night. They really do, because we need six points from tomorrow night and Saturday, because if we don't get six points, I know I've said I haven't conceded it, but I pretty much have in a roundabout way. The league is done if we don't take six points in the next two games. So I want a performance for Rangers tomorrow, but more importantly, I want three points first. That's all I want. If I had to say anything, mate, we need three and we need three points for all from all games bar one. Um, I think we could afford a draw and 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 the old firm, um, the last old firm game of the season because I do think Celtic would drop points, but we have to win every single game. Um, I just don't think there's any real doubt about that, and anything more um, than winning tomorrow night will be horrific. The backlash will not be nice at oh, all. Um, <laughs> God almighty, man, even thinking about it. Um, Scotia, your thoughts ahead of the St Johnston game, mate? But like Ali, we should really be going into this game fully confident and fully expecting as winning, considering where St Johnston are. I think they've only, they've only won twice at McDermott Park this season. Once was against Hearts a few weeks back and then Dundee back at September, October time as well. Um, so based on that, and it being Rangers, we should be out and absolutely dominating that game. But we also obviously got the news. Well, the result there at the weekend doesn't help things, but we also got the news in the press conference that Ramsey, Davis, Diallo, Jack and Hellander will all be missing for that game. And there's arguments for every single one of them when they're all fully fit to be a first-team starter. So, yeah, I want to be confident about it, but just based on how we've been playing in the league recently, I'm, I'm not too sure. Ryan, how are you feeling ahead of the game? Nervous. Yeah. Nervous, I am nervous, and I'm and I'm nervous because, yeah, we can't slip. But I don't think we can slip. I think uh, Ali and I said in the last pod that we were possibly two games away from putting the ball in this. Is that the one game? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I'm glad that. I'm glad the mentality's been questioned, as I said at the beginning of the, the pod, because there is nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide for this Rangers team. Rangers need to need to go out and win tomorrow night. Um and they've got a point to prove because the mentality is getting questioned. They have a point to prove to themselves, to the media and to us, the the supporters. Um, because big, big questions are getting asked for this team and they have nowhere to hide, but they have to respond. So I am nervous because I'm a fan, but this team do do two turn performances and they do bounce back. They do show that, like I've said, they've got the ability. So it's a strange place to be. But yeah, let's let's see what happens tomorrow night. But it will be a slog. It will be a fight because St George are fighting for their lives, and they'll know to play physical players like like that Rooney guy and that. They know how to play against Rangers. They'll put the boot in. They'll do a bit of rolling about. They'll wind, They'll say things to Morelos. That's what you're facing tomorrow night, and, and you've got to you've got to accommodate it. You've got to you've got to beat them and play them at their own game. Yep, yeah, I agree. Except we won't because we don't do that. So um, I would like to think that we would do the dark arts, mate, but we won't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about it. If I'm going to be completely honest, I don't really know how to feel. And with the news that Ryan Jack's not there, um, I'm gutted because there was a massive 
Ryan Jack shaped hole in the middle of that park on Sunday. So yeah, not really sure how to feel about it. Uh, but three points is essential tomorrow night. It's just an absolute must. There is no doubt about it. Ali, team and score prediction, mate. McLaughlin and goal. So I'm sticking to my guns there. Unlike I did last week. McLaughlin and goal. Back line of Tav, Goldson, Balgan, Bassey, Lundstrom. I think Kamara needs to start because I think Arfield's blown out his arse at the moment. So Lundstrom, Kamara, Aribo, Kent, Morelos and Sakala. That's my team. And I'm going to go 2-0 Rangers. Ryan Kent to score. Okay, doc. Um, I've got one change from that. Um, I was that unimpressed with Kamara on um, on Sunday, and this is no disrespect to um, Sands, but I'll put Sands in there with Lundstrom oh, and have Sands just have Sands just sitting there and let Lundstrom go forward. I think you might as well. Kamara offered nothing. He didn't look interested. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Um, I think it'll be quite a physical game, and I think Sands would be a good one to have in there. So my team's exactly the same as yours. McLaughlin, Tav, Goldson, Balligan, Bassey, Sands, Lundstrom, Aribo, Kent, Relos, and Sakala were exactly the same apart from Sands. I'm going 2-1 Rangers. Um, brace yourselves, everybody, and I'm also going for Ryan Kent to score first. Uh, Scotia, your team and your score Same team as you Although I think I'm a wee bit I don't know how fit Balogun is He wasn't mentioned in the press conference So I assume he's okay But I could maybe potentially see Like a Sands playing there Or a Bassey coming in And Barisic in the fullback position But mm, same team point. as you I'm going for um, And 3-0 Rangers with Morelos To score first Although I did jokingly say to Pearson at the weekend that it'll probably be 8-0 Rangers because I've got a gig tomorrow night, so I'll miss the game. <laughs> see if it's 3-0 like tomorrow night. See if it's 3-0 to Rangers tomorrow night, Scotia. I'll, I'll pay for a haircut for you. Honestly, I will, mate. Uh, I cannot Cheers. see Rangers winning 3-0 tomorrow night at all. Um, Ryan, your team and your score prediction, mate. Um, McLaughlin, Tav, Coles and Balogun, Bassey, Lundstrom, Kamara, Aribo, Kent, Morelos, Sakala. What I would do if I was picking the team is I would put Zakowski at right back and I would play Tav on the right of the three. I would play Tav up the park and I'd play Zakowski at right back because I like Tav going forward. I want to see him up the park a bit and I'd like to see the defence shuffled about a bit. If there was options at centre-half, I would also shuffle goals in about... Yeah, no, sorry, mate. Uh, your score, mate? Uh, it's 2 1 Rangers, Lundstrom, first goal scorer. Yeah, uh, in terms of if we had Holanda fit and Balogun was fit, I would also be thinking about rotating Connor Goldson as well. When you first said, Put Sikowski at right back. I thought you were going to put Tav at centre back. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, don't be doing that to us, man. Um, but no, I, I can totally get that argument, mate, with Tav going forward. Um, and yeah, I think if we had more fit centre backs, um, I would be rotating Connor Goldson out. Anyway, gentlemen, we've ran on a wee bit longer tonight. Um, just due to what we had to discuss, I suppose. Uh, make no excuses for it. A kick-off tomorrow night is at 7.45 and three points, Rangers. Thank you, please. Uh, that'll do us. Ali, thank you very much for tonight, mate. No problem. That was a very cheery podcast. Sorry, everyone. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Hopefully it's a bit more positive after tomorrow night. Um, I'd just like to get a wee shout-out. Me and Scotia met our 
a viewer in the club deck just before we went into the ground, Colin Hunter from Aberdeen, listening to the podcast. And um, I feel a praise for us, so it was appreciated, Colin. So I said, give him a wee shout out. But no, hopefully we are um, more positive tomorrow night in this podcast. I hope so. Scott Gemmel, thank you very much, mate. Enjoy your living in 2004 gig. Yeah, I will do it. I'm looking looking forward to it. First gig in like three years. But yes, um, no, thanks very much. And now I'm away to go and watch the Milan Derby. Just in time yeah. for that. Nice one. And Ryan Haymarsh, pleasure as always, mate. Thanks, boys. Um, aye, that was a hard one for us all. Um, I hope people enjoyed it and can respect the fact that we've been honest. Um, there's no point in sugarcoating what's happened at the weekend. The positive says it's three points and we do move on and we need to move on. So let's see what happens tomorrow night. Come on, the gels. Come on, the gels. Uh, outdoors, as always, like the videos, please subscribe to the channel. That'll be great. We will be back tomorrow night with a club reaction um, after the St. Johnson game. I hope you see smiling faces of some sort tomorrow, even if it is just for three points. Um, it would be happy. It would be a much better, happier podcast than this one, let's hope. Um, if you do pray, please pray for our Rangers away win in the league and then say another one for the four of us. That would be much appreciated. Uh, we are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and I'll speak to you all tomorrow after the game. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>